morning on this beautiful Sunday morning. The sun is shining. Thank the Lord. Good to see you all here. I want you all to feel very welcome. Even if you're here every Sunday, I want you to feel welcome today again. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for all that we can look forward to for this new day and the week ahead. Thank you for the blessings of the previous week. Keep your hand on us, guide our steps, help in every part of our services today. In Jesus' name, amen. Continuing our studies in Romans, book of Romans. Uh, and today's title of today, Lesson, the title of today's lesson is The Gospel for All. <coughs> Our teacher is Mrs. DiStefano this morning, Sister DiStefano. Um, the key verse is that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10.9. And the central truth is the steps to salvation are simple and plain to all, so all may be saved. The lesson is taken from Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 17. You've heard this before. You've heard this little... Statement, this is from Billy Sunday. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile. That you can attribute to Billy Sunday. If you forget your sins, God will remember them. But if you confess your sins, God will forgive and forget them. Remember to forgive yourself and forget your sins yourself. Don't keep dwelling on them if they're under the blood. Sin is a universal disease for which our Savior has a complete cure. <coughs> Salvation by grace is like a parachute. There just isn't any substitute. Salvation by grace. We need to trust in the Lord, trust him for salvation, and we need to confess our sins and ask him into our hearts to be saved. Here's a song, Only Trust Him. I'm not sure how, how often we ever sing it. Number 334, number 334. Only trust him.
Thank you for your singing. That's an invitational song, isn't it? But it's trusting him for salvation as your Savior. Repenting and turning in the other direction from what you've been going. And then confessing your sins. Trusting the Lord for salvation. Amen. And it can happen right now for anyone who has that need. Right now. It's simple. And um, it's a gospel for all. All right. So the song, Only Trust Him. I don't know how often we ever sing that song. It's a good Good little song. Birthdays and anniversaries. Dan and Roseanne Hubble, happy anniversary to you. Wyatt Shaw. Sherry Vincent and Rhonda Hess, happy birthday to you folks. I had my birthday yesterday. 75. I can't believe it, but anyway, there I am, 75. Three quarters of a century. And my dear mother brought me into this world. She had five other children, too. <laughs> so we were not a tiny little family. All right. Um, announcements. Men's Sportsman Show Trip, February 5, 6, or 8. One of those days. Sign-up sheet on the bulletin board. Uh, Penview Revival this week, February 5 through 9. Bus and Outreach Convention, March 5 through 7. And our revival here, March 12 through 17. Let's be praying for our revival and our evangelist coming those days in March. Up, other upcoming events, the IHC in Gat Gatlinburg, April 9 through 11. June 1st, Mount of Blessing Cleanup Day. June 4, 10 to 14, God's Missionary Youth Camp. And then June 28th to July 7th, Mount of Blessings Camp. All right, so the 4th of July is right in the middle there somewhere. Prayer requests and prayer. Now our church we're praying for this week is God's Missionary Church with Pastor Aaron Dorman uh, at the Pillow God's Missionary Church. All right, so remember that. Aaron Dorman, a fine young man. Any special requests you want to mention out loud today for prayer? Okay, let's remember Ray Stahl. He's in Evan Hospital. Naomi, in a special way. Naomi. Naomi. Yes, let's remember Naomi today. She's not back there today. All right. Let's keep remembering Doris. Keep remembering uh, all that are on the list back here. Thank you for remembering my sister Mary. She was going to have her knee surgery in April. Now it's going to be in March. Yes. That's good. Get her back on her feet. Many names here on the back. Let's do remember Ray today. I see his name here is on our prayer list. Anna Stolzfus. Let's keep remembering Anna. 
Naomi, of course, Dorothy, Charlie Bowser, a number of names back there. All right. Let's remember our pastors today and our Sunday school teachers today in every classroom, from the little kindergarten classroom all the way up through the teenagers and the young adults class. Unspoken requests, upraise hands, anyone? Many. Usually there are a number of upraise hands, yes. And God knows all about those details. Shall we stand together and pray together this morning? <coughs> Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to come before you in prayer this morning. Lord, would you please be with Ray this morning? We don't know what the problem is, but you do. Touch Ray. Encourage him. Bring him back to, to health and strength. Continue to be with Doris. Continue to touch her this morning. And Sister Arend. Remember these requests, Lord. You know the needs, the physical needs. Continue to be with Anna. Continue to touch her and help her to be stronger and heal, heal better. Uh, we do pray, oh God, that you'll be with um, Mary this morning, my sister, to continue to touch her, Dorothy and Naomi both, Brother Bowser, Lord, all of these needs. Help each one of our Sunday school teachers this morning. Give them the right words, the right direction, the right uh, lesson, the scriptures. The scripture, Lord, that would be teaching our young people and our children and us. Help our teacher here in this classroom this morning. And then, Lord, you know what's involved in every upraised hand. There are needs. Many of them may be long-term needs that people have been praying about for quite a while. You know those needs, Lord. We thank you for that. Be with our church this morning that we're praying for this morning at Pillow. Help the pastor, help the people. Give them, Lord, your grace and help and presence this morning, Lord. And give us your presence here in our church, in our services. In our, help our pastor, help on the music, help on the offering, every part of our services this morning. We thank you, Lord, for that. Keep your hand on us and help us, Lord. Remember every need. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we'll have our offering at this time and be remembering our instructor this morning, Sister Stefano. Let's have the offering at this time. Good morning. As we continue one more month in the book of Romans, we still need to remember this is a letter. He did not send it by little pieces. Anybody remember who, was, who took the letter to Rome? 
Do you remember? I don't know why I remember, but it's interesting. Phoebe was going to take the letter. Phoebe was traveling to Rome, and he sent this very lengthy letter. Um, I've been thinking, I, I was reading some, is this extra loud? Sounds good. Okay. Um, I was reading something about Amy Carmichael in India. And, you know, what I remember of Amy Carmichael is the children's story that we told about her praying that she wanted blue eyes, not brown eyes, and God answered her no. Um, and, you know, it just sounded, you know, kind of upbeat, learn a lesson and so forth. But as I was reading this um, book about her ministry, I was struck with how hard her field was. Hard. These people were steeped in Hinduism and the caste system. And to become a Christian, you broke the caste system. And you were rejected by your family. It, it, was, it was a very, very hard to break into that field. And I thought, you know, it was hard for Paul to break into this field. That's why it took so many chapters for him to talk to the Romans and share with the Romans because it was, it was reaching out to the Jews steeped in their own religion was a very hard field to get them to look past their customs and their way of doing things and their additions. Um, and so there have, you know, missionaries always face difficulties. I had read something of the Litchfields when they were in Thailand and trying to reach out to their neighbors. And sometimes they don't even see that they're sinning. They, it's just the way of life to tell a lie. It's the way of life to steal. It's the way of life to have several wives. Where's the guilt? They don't have any guilt because they don't see their sin. And when you're breaking into a field like that, you really, really need God's help. You really need his touch. And so uh, this is Paul telling them again um, that trusting in the law of Moses was not sufficient. Um, I, I read in Matthew Henry a little bit different division of these sentences, and I liked it, so I'm going to follow um, that division rather than the divisions that the Quarterly give us. Um, I brought this song up that we sang because the first verse struck me. Have you ever been reading your Bible or singing a song or just driving down the road or dusting or 
whatever, and suddenly your heart is struck with the wonderfulness of your salvation. It just, boom. You know, you're just going ordinary along, you're living right, you're doing right, but boom, I have a wonderful salvation. I'm free from my sin. God is with me. You know, it just, you know, you may go, who knows how long before something like that happens. And, and this just strikes me right here that, that maybe, now Paul didn't have this song. He didn't even speak English. He didn't know English. But this, you know, Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. He said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. It, it, just, it just burst out of him. And, and this song just sort of breaks that out. Only trust him, he says to the Jewish people. Only trust him, trust him. Don't trust the fact that, you know, here's two Jewish men, very, very legalistic, and one looks over the fence and says, you know, you've got a fine row of parsley. Do you know how much you're going to give to the church? Oh, yes, I have it measured. See that stick? That's the exact amount that goes to the church. But what are you going to do about that big bush of rosemary? How are you going to, how, how are you going to be sure you're given the right amount? Oh, mm -mm, I have counted every stock. I've divided. I know how many to clip off to take to the church. That's how minute they were trusting in the law. They had added to and added to. They weren't just doing what Moses said. They had added and added and added. And so you understand the hardness of reaching through to these people to trust in Jesus. That all those things they were doing were not bringing them salvation. I, um, the thing that... Well, I'll get to that in a little bit. So um, the apostles' earnest desire was for the salvation of the Jews because I bear them record that they have a zeal. Have you ever seen anybody that has a zeal for something? They, um, they have great energy for it. And they have enthusiasm I, I got an email from my cousin's little girl. Uh, she is selling Girl Scout cookies. I guess they would ship them to me. Uh, I remember buying from girlfriends who were in the Girl Scouts when I was in school, the mint ones. I could eat a whole box. With milk, a whole box, the mint cookies. They were really good. Uh, I didn't order any. Poor girl. Um, but, you know, she's showing zeal. She's putting it out there that she's selling these cookies, you know, and wants you to buy them. Uh, enthusiasm. Just really enthusiastic. 
Um, the, when we sold hoagies at school, I was a very not full of zeal. You know, I'm the type that you wouldn't want to, would you? <laughs> Buy some hoagies. Where, you know, sometimes there were children that were just, they would just press you, you know, or signing up to be a sponsor for the walkathon. They just, you know, they're full of zeal. Well, he's saying, I see these Jewish people. My brethren, they have a zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. They're just zealous about keeping the law. Very zealous about keeping the law. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's a lot of righteousness in there. See that? They're ignorant of God's righteousness and they're making their own righteousness because they will not submit to God's righteousness. If we're making our own righteousness, we're just not right with God. And even though they were zealous about it, zealous does not make you right. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Once a man believes in Christ as Savior, he abandons any attempt to attain righteousness by his own merit. When you come to know Jesus, then you are done with trying to do it yourself because you know you can't. You just realize how hopeless it is for me to try to make myself right with God. I can't because we see ourselves as sinners. But I was saying, these, some of these people in foreign lands whose lives have not been touched with the gospel, at least not for some generations, there was something very interesting I read, and I didn't go look it up again, but you remember the Aka Indians that killed Nate Saint and some of them? Uh, well, one of those guys' sister was also reaching into that tribe, working through another tribe that would hire people who came... Anyway, there was a connection. And she was talking to someone about Jesus and about God. And somewhere in the conversation of some, she says, you know, I heard my grandfather, or I heard that my grandfather talked about, I can't remember if it was a God or a, a Bible person, which leads me to believe that somewhere that tribe had heard about God. There had been knowledge of God back there. But they were such, if you read about that tribe, they were such a killing tribe. Oh, they would kill over anything. They, they were just a, a very kill each other type of tribe or kill the next tribe or wipe them out, you know. And so somewhere back there, there had been some knowledge. Even among the Native Americans, in some of their symbols, there was some knowledge of a god. It was there somewhere in their past. 
And so these, these Israelites, these Jews, <coughs> had knowledge, but their knowledge did not go past what Moses said. Um, so that was called the apostles' earnest desire for the salvation of the Jews. He just, he just earnestly, he, he was writing this letter. Share this letter was basically, share this truth, share this. I'm sending you a letter, but share it. And we're still sharing it today because we still need to hear this truth. That, now, I don't think anybody here is still sacrificing lambs, hoping to have sins forgiven, who are still doing um, multiple things like that. But are you trusting in Christ alone? If you're trusting in anything else, well, I'm a member of the God's Missionary Church, and they have a good standard, and so... You know, I'm part of them. Well, that doesn't make you part of God. Doesn't make you part of God. Um, and I look this way or I look that way, therefore I am, I'm okay with God. I'm, then what am I trusting? I'm trusting how I'm attired. I'm trusting um, who knows what. Why do we do what we do? Do we do it? Because we want to please Jesus and we feel in our heart that's what he wants me to do? Or do we do it because that's what we're trusting in? That's what Paul was talking about. You cannot trust anything or anyone but Jesus. And so let's go to the next section, which is verse 5 through 11, the difference between the righteousness by the law and the righteousness by faith. Um, I don't know the law of Moses. I have read through, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and sometimes your eyes are blurred. Because, how, how, how did they remember? I was, I was a bit of a... Uh, not concentrating. How would I ever remember to do everything? My parents would have had to be after me all the time. I was just, just recently, well, just this week, uh, one of my aunts passed away. Um, out of my father's family of 13, there's four left. Anyway, so I went to this aunt's funeral. And I used to go to Aunt Martha's house in the summer and spend a week. And I went to my Aunt Verda's house and spend a week. I thought, why did they do that? I bet they were giving my mother a break. <laughs> you know, that's quite possible. Um, so let's begin at verse 5. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh of this wise. Say not in your heart who shall ascend up into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. You have to stop and think about that. 
the righteousness which of, but the righteousness which of faith saith in this wise, don't say, uh, I'm going to bring Christ down, or I'm going to raise Christ from the dead, and that'll make me righteous. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Isn't that wonderful? If we trust his word, we will never be ashamed. And the wonderful thing is, as we trust his word, he helps us to live the way he wants us to live. That we bring glory to his name. We bring glory to his name by the way we live. Not consciously doing this. Well, I'm going to do this to bring glory to God, and I'm going to do this to bring glory to God. No. It's just, we just live that way, and it brings glory to God. So there's righteousness by the law, and there's righteousness by faith. And you cannot have both. No more can you be righteous just by being a member of this church. That's your righteousness, which is by the law. Now, if you are a member, then you do what you're supposed to do. Just like if you're an employee somewhere, you do what they ask you to do. You put on the uniform they want you to put on. You go the places they want you to go. But that does not make you righteous. You do it because you love Jesus. So righteousness means being right, doing right, righteous in your character, in your conscience, your conduct, your command. Uh, like character is your nature, your attitude, your actions, your words. Lord, help me today in all that I say and do and be that I bring glory to your name. But that's not righteousness by the law. By the law, you had to depend on Moses' law and doing the things he said to do. But they got focused on the law, doing the law, instead of realizing the law is leading me somewhere. The law is giving direction to me to some place. You know, the, te the Bible says it was a schoolmaster. The law was to focus these people toward an expected end. But if they ceased to look to the expected end and got focused here, then they just started building this into a religion. 
I don't think I'm making it as clear. Maybe your mind is thinking it through in a more clear way. But as I was thinking this, you know, righteousness by the law, there were people who were living by the law who were not trusting in the law. Anna and Simeon were living by the law. But they showed up and blessed baby Jesus because they weren't trusting just in the law. They were trusting in that which was to come. And Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were keeping the law. He was in the temple. He was doing what he was supposed to do by the law. But they were looking further. So you see the difference between uh, the Pharisees who built their whole religion right on this law. And those who knew the law, they did the law, but they were focusing on something to come. Uh, one place I read, it says, the law leaves us at the door of faith. I thought that was interesting, uh, a good way to say it. And so Paul was saying, you did the wrong thing with the law. You trusted in the law rather than trusting in the God of the law. And now I'm offering you trust in that God of the law. By faith, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. But if you've been used to making yourself feel righteous by doing, it's very difficult to realize that all my doing is nothing, but trusting Jesus alone brings me salvation. But then here's another bombshell that Paul said, you know, okay, these Jews, they've got to twist, quit trusting the law. They've got to trust Jesus, confess your sins and believe on Jesus and be saved. But in verse 12, this hit the Jews too. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. There's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. We're Gentiles, lest somebody hears the Jew. Okay? Um, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And you know the controversy that was in the book of Acts, and sometimes it's addressed in some of the other uh, books of the New Testament. Uh, they were trying to make the Gentiles do certain things to conform to the law to be able to say they were saved, Paul's saying no, no, and no. We're equal. We all, Jew and Gentile, come to salvation through the merits of Jesus' blood. And we're equal, equal in standing, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He... Um, He's sending this letter so that it can be shared, so that everybody knows the truth. He couldn't go right now, but he so desperately wanted them to know the truth because the truth set you free. Set you free from uh, 
was I an inch short in my parsley? You know, did I really count my rosemary bushes quite right? That's the law. Uh, but Jesus sets you free and gives you peace. So the last part of our lesson says, um, the Gentiles, the, the previous one, Gentiles stand on a level with Jews in justification and salvation. And then the necessity of telling the story of salvation. Paul said, I want everybody to hear. I want everybody to hear. But how then shall they call on him in whom they've not heard? It's just like um, uh, Amy Carmichael. She went to a people who knew nothing. And they would continue to know nothing unless someone tells them. Why do we ask for missionaries? Why do we pray for our young people that they would make the right choice with their future? Because how then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they believe in him? Uh, I'm sorry, let me start over. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe if they have not heard? And shall they, how shall they hear without a preacher, without someone telling them? And how shall they preach except they be sent? I want to say our church, you know, I guess we could do more, but our church has had a missionary mind. You know, we normally get very liberally when a missionary comes through. That means how shall they preach except they be sent. When you go to be a missionary, you do have to have support. There's no sense going to be a missionary and getting a job and working. You're there to share the story. How should they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings, glad tidings of good things. For they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath relieved our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When you go to share, you share God's word. God's word is powerful. God can use his word to speak. Has he used his word to speak to your heart? Has he ever illuminated something in the word to speak to your heart? An encouragement? Um, a warning, a direction. He will use his word the same way when people are sent to go tell them the gospel. I want to look at the, um, just a little bit at the key verse because on the surface, the key verse looks like Religion's easy. 
If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, if I just say, I believe the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Easy peasy? Really? Do you have to look at it? Do you have to think in your heart? If thou shalt confess, own, admit, with your mouth, that's orally, say it, whether you're saying it back to God or saying it to people, but you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. What are you doing when you call him Lord Jesus? You're stopping doing it your way. You're owning you need a Lord. You're owning the things you've done in the past were wrong. And you're trusting only in him. When you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you're saying a lot from inside. Now, if you're just quoting words, blah, from your mouth. And there are people who are doing that, and their lives are unchanged. But when you confess, when you own, admit, admit and acknowledge that he's Lord. He's Lord. I'm nothing. And believe, accept, feel sure, hold as your opinion. Believe is, this word believe here is not, um, I believe I'll do the laundry tomorrow. But maybe in the morning when I wake up, I don't feel like doing laundry. But I, be, I believe that's what I'll do tomorrow. Okay. Uh, that's not the believe here. But it is accept and feel sure in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. He came back. All those lambs stayed dead that were sacrificed time after time after time for my sins. But Jesus died. He was the Son of God. He died, and he rose again. I'm saved. But really, there's a lot in that verse, isn't there? It goes to the depths of your heart and then is reflected in your actions and in your words, and it affects how you think about things. It makes a total difference in your life. I'm very thankful that Paul wrote this letter. There's a lot of things we can learn from it and uh, grow from it. And so um, Keep studying the lesson. Keep reading Romans and see what you can see in it that is a blessing for you, that gives you one of those times when you're just blessed in your heart because you believe him. And he died for you. Thank you for your attention.